from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. Hello and welcome to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. I'm Mike Salmon, alongside with our expert and our host, Victoria Collier. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing Georgia's financial power of attorney laws. Hello there, Victoria. Hey, Mike. How are you today? We're doing very well. Well, our last show, we were discussing guardianship and conservatorship through the court system. And part of the big part of that was planning and having power of attorney. So when doing estate planning, you generally think of a will or a trust. But are there other documents that people should have besides just those two? Well, there are. And... Um, before we get into what they are, the reason why people will just stick with a will or a trust is that many of your attorneys and people just focus on what's called death planning, okay? And that's what do I do with my stuff when I die? The difference between traditional estate planning attorneys and what I call elder care attorneys um, are that elder care attorneys, good ones, will ask the question, what are we going to do if you keep living? right? And so we've got to make provision for ourselves if we're going to keep living. And if we do keep living, the probability is that we're going to need help in some way while we're alive. Help paying our bills, help with the day-to-day things around the house, help with communicating with our doctors about what we need and want. And when that happens, we actually need financial power of attorney and a health care power of attorney. Uh, so those are the two other documents I would say are absolute musts that everybody over the age of 18 should have. All right. And uh, financial power of attorney is, is huge, obviously, and it all comes down to planning. So how, how do we get started? What do we need to be doing? Well, with regard to the financial power of attorney, which is really what we want to talk about today, is that when a person is not able to continue to manage their own finances, um, maybe that's because... They have arthritis so bad they can't write out checks. Maybe it's because they can't physically just get to the bank and deposit funds and they're not um, on automatic deposit or automatic withdrawals like so many other people are. You know, they're just not electronically inclined yet. Right. Um, Or maybe it's because they have memory loss and they can't remember when to pay their bills or if they've already paid it and they double pay it. Um, So in that situation, we need a second person, a different person to step in and help. Well, oftentimes people will informally um, have people help. So they might add somebody to a bank account and say, well, you know, I've added you to the bank account. You can pay the bills, right? Is that enough? It's not enough. And I'll explain why a power of attorney is so much stronger and necessary. Um, But not only is it not enough, but it can actually open your assets up to the creditors of that person that you just added to your account. So if you added your child to that account and your child gets divorced, that account can be taken away through the divorce. If your child doesn't pay his taxes, that account can be attached by the IRS to pay your child's taxes. If your child goes through bankruptcy, that account can be taken in the bankruptcy proceeding. So we much prefer to rely on 
the financial power attorney, which is a legal document where you yourself are naming another person who you trust to have what's called a fiduciary duty, a duty to you to only use it for you in the ways that you need to pay your bills and to take care of you. All right. And w w can you give us a few more examples of when the power of attorney would kind of come into effect? Right. When you, when, okay, you know, we, we think mom is getting there or dad's kind of getting there, but we're not sure. Right. So in order to um, have a power of attorney be effective, a person needs to sign it way before they have a crisis or a need for help. I hear all the time, I don't need to do that yet. I'm fine. It's when you're fine is when you do need to do it. Because if you're not fine anymore, you might not be able to sign it, right? <laughs> so number one, we need to do it when we're fine. Um, but some examples as to why um, and how when it actually becomes usable is when that principal, that person who signed it, can't manage their own stuff. And so some examples other than paying bills is let's say, for example, I, as the agent, needed to um, – pay like like you were going to move to assisted living right now that sounds like a health care decision because we're getting you health by moving to an assisted living and that's fine that is a health care decision but who's going to pay the bill well that's the financial power attorney not just to pay the bill but to actually sign the contract for you to move in the facility so the power attorney person has the right to enter into contracts and also terminate contracts and that includes nursing homes that includes your cable bill or your phone bill but when we are making moves for example and we move from our home to another environment well we might need to sell the house that would require a financial power of attorney if the person can't sign their own closing documents all right so obviously you want to get it done when when someone is still fine as yes. you said yes. can you be a little bit more specific about when this should be done Right. So first of all, anybody over the age of 18 should have a financial power of attorney, even when they don't have assets, right? Because everybody has personal belongings. And so let me give an example of somebody who is 18. First of all, when you become 18, you are a legal individual. Even if you're still on your parents' payroll uh, because you still live with them or maybe you're in college, right? From the law's perspective, you are your own person. And so what happens, unfortunately, too often, is that our kids go off to college, they have issues, um, and sometimes it's, it's like mental health issues. Um, the highest age for developing bipolar schizophrenia is in your early 20s. Um, and so kids may be getting you know kicked out of their apartments for doing behaviors that seem strange but might be related to an undiagnosed mental illness okay well the parents can't go in there and just fix everything they've got to actually have the legal authority uh, to get out of that lease or to actually remove the personal property from the apartment um, and so there's the need for a financial power of attorney in that case um, I had a client that um, it brings up an interesting thing. Financial power of attorney, Victoria, uh, Victoria, is not just you having it on an older person. You're talking about an older person actually having it for a younger person. Correct, correct. And I don't think anybody's ever thought of that. <laughs> well, we, we think uh, of it all well, the time. Well, you think of it, but yeah, the normal person probably. <laughs> and we try to educate people on it all the time. 
Um, but until there's a crisis, people don't want to think that things can happen to them, right? But um, I do a lot of guardianship work, and sometimes I'm appointed by the court as well to be a, a proposed ward's attorney on their behalf. And uh, one of the situations I'd like to raise today is this woman was 26 years old. Okay, so she's not a kid by any means. She's working, has a wonderful job, has accumulated some rental properties, as well as you know some investment um, like stocks and bonds. And she, her brain started swelling. And I'm sure there's a technical medical term for that, but her brain started swelling and she went into a coma. Um, she was not married, did not have children. Uh, not that that would have made any difference uh, from a legal standpoint. But so she was in a coma. She did not have power of attorney for finances, and she did not have a power of attorney for health care. So her mother is trying to make sure that her mortgages are paid so she doesn't lose everything that she's worked hard to accumulate. Not to mention she's trying to pay her bills on the day-to-day -day basis, and she can't do any of that because she doesn't have the legal authority. She doesn't even know what's out there, quite honestly, until she can investigate it properly. And so she had to go to the guardianship conservatorship court uh, so that she could have that legal authority to investigate and then protect her daughter's assets. Um, so, and she was 26, you know. Yeah. Um, so I do hear all the time, you know, can you, you know, from people who are in their 40s, 50s, even 60s say, you know, can you help me get my parents' plan in place? Because they're old. They're like in their 80s, right? Um, and so, of course, we can. And then we say, when we're done with that, do you have your stuff in place? Do your college-age kids or grandkids have their stuff in place? Because this affects everybody. Yeah. A lot of this is, is peace of mind, it sounds like. You're listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. One thing that we touched upon last show that I know you want to talk about this show as well is, is that the laws have changed here in the state of Georgia as well, and that's something that you need to stay on top of. Absolutely. They did change in uh, 2018, and it was a significant change in that they changed the entire standard template form, first of all. And the reason they made those changes is that they wanted to put more protections in from people being financially exploited. Um, senior citizens are the number one population for financial fraud and exploitation. And so they wanted to put some tighter provisions around that. But when they did that, um, they also were getting a promise from the financial institutions that if you use this standard form, then we as a financial institution, like your big banks, your investment houses, that we will accept that form. Whereas before, the financial institutions would come up with any reason at all to not accept the form, which means that you might as well not have one, right? And so they would say things like, uh, it's, it's older than five years old, so it's stale. I don't know if it's still valid. Um, they would say things like, um, well, it doesn't have our institution specifically named in the document, so we're not going to accept it. I don't know that you meant us, um, that kind of stuff. Now, the changes in the laws, while we got that promise from the financial institutions, um, that's not how it's playing out in reality, all right? So number one, we do want to make sure that we have the standard form, but there are things that um, an attorney, a specialized attorney, that works with people who actually have agents that need to use these documents um, 
run into all the time. Um, and that's generally elder care attorneys who are doing this because your traditional estate planning attorney, um, as we mentioned earlier, they focus on different things. And estate planning attorneys also often work with people who are younger, like in their 40s, 50s, when they're building their estates. And of course, they're thinking about protecting them. Well, it could be 10, 20 years before somebody actually needs to use that document to see if it's actually even good, right? Um, so you don't even know that it's going to work for several years, 20 years maybe. In our power of attorney, what we want to do is make sure that it works immediately if necessary. So we use the standard format, but we enhance it. Um, and when we enhance it, what we're doing is we're putting very specific provisions in place so that the banks are more likely to accept it. So for example, we do put the name of the bank in the document itself. Um, if somebody owns real estate, we put the address of the real estate that could be managed or sold in the document itself. But we go even beyond that because we know that we are planning for our clients to live, not just die, but actually live. And if they're going to live, like I said, the probability of them needing the assistance of another person just increases, right? So when that happens, most of the people who call our office who are in that situation, they call and say, oh my gosh, I'm starting to spend tons of money on care. Is, are there any other options and can you help us save our money? Well, we need what's called asset protection provisions actually in the document, which are not in the standard template. Um, moreover, when someone, for example, moves to a nursing home, nursing homes are notorious for having you sign arbitration agreements that basically says, look, if we neglect you or if we outright abuse you, you can't sue us. You have to go through arbitration. So you're waiving your legal rights. Um, so in our power of attorney, we actually have provisions that override that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the difference between getting a shirt off the shelf that, you know, may look okay. It's functional, um, but it doesn't fit you just quite right versus having a document that not only um, is what the standard requires, but the enhancements based on your own personal situation and the likelihood of what you may need in the future. Just like everything else in life, one size doesn't fit all. And always uh, another big reason to, to talk to an elder law attorney uh, such as yourself. As we get ready to wrap up uh, this episode of Senior Salute Radio Victoria, any final words that uh, you want people to take away uh, from, from this show? Well, I would say that um, people are most familiar with what's called the general power of attorney. And a general power of attorney in today's world just does not work and people should not have them because they are too general and not specific enough to be usable or acceptable. And so my final words would be, don't do it on your own. Pay the money to actually get it done right because you're going to save not just thousands, but tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars by doing it right the first time. Absolutely sounds like it's worth uh, having a conversation with an elder law attorney. Hopefully, they'd have that conversation with you. And for those that would like to reach out to you, how can they do that? They can go to our website and learn all kinds of information there, not only about powers of attorney, but about our firm as well. And that's at elderlawgeorgia.com. And Georgia is spelled out. So that's elderlawgeorgia.com. Com. They may also call our office if they would like to schedule a consultation, and that is at 
435-7848. That's 470-235-7848. Great information as always. I want to remind everybody that you've been listening to Senior Salute, which is a bi-monthly show bringing timely information for leading age boomers. And it's available 24-7 online by going to SeniorSaluteRadio.BusinessRadioX.com. Thank you, Mike. I also want to thank our listeners. We salute you.